0: Before we begin today's episode of Skincare School, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded.
1: Welcome back to another season of Skincare School. I'm Amy Clark, and I'm joined by science educator, chemistry PhD, and cosmetic chemist, Michelle Wong, aka Lab Muffin Beauty Science.
0: This week on Skincare School, a lot of the time we think of dead skin cells. Let's get that off. But they have an important purpose, and they act as this sort of buffer zone. They're like the sacrificial shield of our skin.
1: It's like the heart of any kind of skincare routine to having healthy skin is a functioning skin barrier that is doing what it's meant to do.
0: So, inflammation is just your skin is kind of in hyperdrive, it's trying to deal with some sort of threat. Yes, love thy barrier, respect thy barrier. Honestly, one of the things that is really underrated in a skincare routine is just moisturiser. <coughs> Today's topic is the skin barrier
1: or thy skin barrier as I like to refer to it. If you listen to season one, you will be so across what this skin barrier is. If you aren't sure or you need a bit of a refresher, please go back and listen to our very first episode from season one where we talked about skin types and the skin barrier. We also talked about it in our kind of sensitive versus sensitized episode, which was episode 10. I don't know about you, Michelle, but I am talking about my skin barrier, the barrier, impaired barrier constantly. Like it's one of the things that I talk about the most when it comes to skin care. Can we just get like a quick refresher on what the bloody thing is? <laughs>
0: I guess it really is just what your skin is meant to do. So this is the whole reason we have skin in the first place. It forms a barrier between the insides of our bodies and the rest of the world. So this is important for a few reasons because it stops stuff from getting in and it stops stuff from getting out. So yeah, we have things inside us that we don't want to leak into the environment, I guess. And within our skin, the most important thing is probably water. So if your skin barrier is really impaired, then water is constantly leaking out. You're getting really dehydrated skin and that water is important in there because your skin needs that water to work properly. Otherwise, can't do its essential functions. All the biochemical reactions inside your skin can't really go without water. So I guess what the barrier actually is, the main part of our skin barrier is the top 10 to 20 layers of dead skin cells. And... A lot of the time we think of dead skin cells, let's get that off, but they have an important purpose and they act as this sort of buffer zone. They're like the sacrificial shield of our skin. And yeah, that's what's shielding us. That's what's keeping the water in and keeping environmental irritants or whatever else bacteria out.
1: And so if you're listening to this and you might be thinking, yeah, okay, but, you know, I want to use serums and, like, active ingredients and that's the exciting part of skincare and the skin barrier, like, "Mm, a bit boring – But it's like the heart of any kind of skincare routine. Having healthy skin is a functioning skin barrier that is doing what it's meant to do. And your barrier can actually play a huge role in other skin concerns. For example, Michelle, if someone has age management skincare concerns, your skin barrier can actually
0: impact how those concerns manifest or look in the skin right yeah so the barrier is super important for so many things so with aging for example as you get older your barrier tends to be less intact it performs less well and a lot of those issues with older skin like where your skin is drying out really quickly where your skin just isn't functioning as well as it should be that is partly to do with a non-intact barrier So I said before, it keeps the water in your skin, and that's important for a lot of skin functions. One of these functions is actually your skin exfoliates itself. It peels off about one layer a day. But if you don't have enough water in your skin, it doesn't actually work as well. And so if your skin is drying out, if you have this impaired barrier, you'll actually have Less exfoliation. And that's actually part of the reason why we tend to add in chemical exfoliation because the natural process isn't working as well. If it's working great, you have a functional barrier, then you might not need as many exfoliants, for example.
1: Yeah, and dehydration too, so that lack of water in the skin, can make the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles more pronounced. We were talking about that in our vitamin A episode. Dehydration or a lack of water in the skin can make the skin appear duller like there's so many things where if the barrier is functioning and it's doing what it's meant to do there's a lot of quick wins to be had there.
0: Exactly. Another thing that you can sort of see pretty clearly if you have an impaired barrier is redness. And yeah, that's just more stuff is getting into your skin and irritating it and making it go red. And if you heal your barrier a bit better, then you might actually find that redness goes away and you don't need to, I guess, use as many skincare products as you might if your barrier wasn't as intact. And same goes with
1: inflammation, right? If we're thinking about there are a lot of
0: skin concerns or conditions
1: related to inflammation. So how does that link up back to the skin barrier?
0: So inflammation is just your skin is kind of in hyperdrive. It's trying to deal with some sort of threat. And so this actually contributes to a lot of skin conditions because this whole process of inflammation, so much stuff happens in this process and it just kind of feeds into a lot of things like acne, rosacea, and even pigmentation. There's a type of pigmentation called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, and it's just inflammatory markers feed into overproduction of pigment. It's one of the ways the skin kind of tries to sort itself out. And so if you kind of protect it, then you get less of all of this hyperdrive
1: and I'm not going to do a very good job of explaining this in sciencey terms, but even things like I am certainly not acne prone. However, I do get those hormonal breakouts. I find that my breakouts seem to kind of, they have a shorter lifespan or the gunk comes up, goes out and there's less of a post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation spot to deal with later. When my skin barrier is intact, it's well hydrated, the skin is functioning. Whereas if I'm dehydrated or my skin barrier is impaired, sometimes I feel like those spots, they just hang around for so much longer. It's like the stuff can't get out. And then afterwards, like the wound healing process, is impacted. Yeah, it's so really, even though you're like, eh, skin barrier boring, it's really important. And so, what are the kinds of things that can impact
0: your skin barrier? There are so many things that can impact it, (laughs) which I guess is why we're talking about it. How much time you got? (laughs) I guess this is why we're talking about it so much, because I feel like a lot of us have messed up our skin barriers in the past. So I guess the most important thing with a lot of stuff in skincare is just genetics, which you can't change. Some people just have genes that make their skin really resilient. Some people have really sensitive skin and we can't really change that. We can just try to, like, I guess, move within our little spectrum as best we can. We mentioned before with age, if you get older, then a lot of the processes inside your whole body just start not working as well. And your skin barrier is one of them. So aging can change that. Also hormones. So during pregnancy, after pregnancy, and again, as you age, your hormones will change and that will impact your skin barrier. I think climate is one that a lot of us have experienced with. Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Some people, it's so interesting how some people find their skin functions better in summer versus winter. Or, I mean, me personally, I thrive in the winter. I'm loving life come wintertime. And then when the sun comes out and the humidity starts to rise, everything just feels weird. But then some people are like, oh, I have the best skin of my life in summertime.
0: Yeah, I think I am probably one of those people. I mean, Honestly, my skin is kind of the same most of the year round, but in winter, I definitely get a lot more chafing and a lot more, I guess, spots on my face where I do have that impaired barrier and I can feel things stinging where they shouldn't be stinging because the stuff is just getting through my skin to the living layers and triggering. It's almost like a warning sign. I think it's actually a really useful warning sign for Mm. helping you listen to your skin.
1: And then, of course, skincare products. And this is a big one for people who probably, like you and I, are obsessed with skincare or if you're a beauty lover or you're just kind of being a bit haphazard and slapping on various different things, the products that you use have the power to make or break your skin barrier.
0: Exactly. I think a lot of us during the pandemic, when we were more stuck at home, we just thought it was a really good time to just, like, chuck all the skincare products on and then, That is probably why the barrier is now kind of trending because so many of us fell into this cycle and now we're trying to undo some of the damage. We've finally listened to what Amy was saying and cared about our barrier.
1: Yes, love thy barrier, respect thy barrier. But yeah, definitely kind of overdoing it with your active serums, treatments, overexfoliation, even like over cleansing or using the wrong cleanser for your skin type that can really strip the skin. So there are so many things that can cause what we refer to as an impaired skin barrier or a broken barrier.
0: So what do you do about it, Michelle? What do I do about it? (laughs) I guess that's like the million dollar question. There are a lot of products out there that are purposely designed to help you try to restore your barrier or at least support it while it's trying to recover. And a lot of it is to do with just avoiding particular ingredients. These are the more irritating actives Some of these actually work by speeding up how quickly your barrier turns over. In other words, how quickly it sheds layers of skin. And so if you're in this situation where you've already lost too much skin, you probably want to pause those for a while. The biggest culprits are retinoids, chemical exfoliants, probably vitamin C as well, just because it's a bit irritating. In terms of what you can add to your routine, We talked about this in one of the episodes in Season 1 where we were talking about some of the first actors to add to your routine, and that was different types of vitamin B, niacinamide, panthenol. These ingredients are really good for restoring your skin and kind of giving back to your skin. There's also some other ones like antioxidants are good for supporting your skin. Things like centella extract, oat extract, these are all really soothing and they can help support your skin while it heals itself. And then hopefully at some point you'll have that intact barrier again. Honestly, one of the things that is really underrated in a skincare routine is just moisturizer. So there was this really interesting study where they basically just put moisturizer on old people. They just like slathered them up in moisturizer.
1: I'm picturing it now. There's literally just all these people just sitting there rubbing moisturizer on. I mean, sounds like a pretty great way to spend an afternoon, honestly. I would like someone to
0: moisturize me. Yeah, so they just got massaged and moisturiser, and they found that when they tested their blood, the inflammatory markers in their blood was actually reduced. And this is just plain old moisturizer, not even any sort of fancy actives. And that just kind of shows that you can help support the barrier. Your skin is a living organ. It can heal itself if you try to nourish it and let it chill and stop attacking it with super powerful actives.
1: Yeah, and one thing I would say, as someone who has perioral dermatitis, kind of flare, I am now manage those just on an ongoing basis. But we talk about it all the time as like prevention, trying to avoid something happening rather than going go hard, go hard, broken barrier, let the barrier fix, go hard, go hard. And the thing is, is that that kind of more consistency over a period of time is always going to be better than the all nothing, all nothing, because you know, like how long am I going to be? sitting on the bench for if I impair my skin barrier.
0: That is a really good question. And it depends. (laughs) The worst answer. always. Yeah, my favorite kind of answer. Yeah, so it depends on what you've done to your barrier. If you stop once you get those first warning signs or if you just keep on going and also how quickly your skin recovers. So this is obviously based on things like genetics, but also what you're doing to your skin. So yeah, if you're still assaulting your skin with more irritating actives, it's not going to repair as fast and you might do more damage in the long run because let's say you're using a product where you're trying to target something like pigmentation, for example, and then now you're inflaming your skin and producing more pigment. You're kind of working against yourself with your skincare routine. So, yeah, it depends really on your skin, what you've done with it. And if you leave it alone and just give it products and ingredients that support it, you'll be off the bench faster and you'll get to your skin goals much quicker. <laughs> We have a skin barrier-related
1: listener question today. Here it is. So I always seem to have an impaired barrier. I'm always breaking out, having flare-ups, but my boyfriend and a lot of my friend's barriers seem literally fine. Is there a tolerance difference? Like, what's going on here? I really identify with this person. And actually, as hosts of a skincare podcast, we have pretty different skin types or tolerances like I think my skin shudders and is like retreating into itself thinking about probably what your ideal nighttime routine is but yeah to answer this question is everyone's barrier tolerance different and is there actually something you can do to change that or it's just like this is your skin barrier and you're stuck with it?
0: everyone's skin barrier tolerance is different and yeah like you said some people have really sensitive skin some people have much more resilient skin and I feel like most of us probably know this like if you have a partner who's male for example men tend to have more resilient skin they can just wash their face with soap and their skin will sometimes look better than yours even though you're using a 10 product routine or something (laughs) and the sooner you accept it the better yeah Part of that is just life is unfair. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there are things you can do and we've kind of discussed it already. You can use products that are more supportive to your skin. You can learn more about your skin. So for example, my skin is generally quite resilient. It's super resilient to exfoliants. I go and do a chemical peel and every time whoever's doing my peel will say, oh, your skin looks great. It's glowing. It's not even slightly red. The thing that this question
1: demonstrates really well is that you've got to do what's right for your skin. And you can't just blindly copy. Like if your friend says, oh, I tried this product. It's the best thing I've ever bought. You must go out and buy it immediately. It might not be right for you. It might actually sting like an absolute. mm. Or, you know, there might be a product that you rate and someone else tries it and they're like, oh, I didn't think that was very good, but it's so subjective and personalized. I have first-hand experience of what happens when all of a sudden you you feel like your skin is great, like I can slap anything on there and we're all good. I don't have any issues at all. And then all it takes sometimes is one wrong move, or you know you just go that little bit too far with the exfoliants, and oh bam, like my skin is flaring up when it didn't used to. Case in point, a couple of years ago. I was trialing some products for a story and let's just say I layered one liquid exfoliant with a second AHA, BHA serum on top and straight away, I kid you not, it was ring of fire around my mouth. Contact perioral dermatitis. It's been, gosh, I feel like it's been almost two years since that time and I'm still managing flare-ups. But I've gotten to know my skin really well after this point. So one thing that's really helpful for me is I know what my triggers are. So what are the things that might flare up my skin if I'm flying or I have to wear a mask for a long period of time, if I am not doing all the right things, like if I'm not really going to sleep at a reasonable hour or I'm not drinking enough water, I'm not eating well, I'm not looking after myself, that can have an effect as well as booze, oh my gosh, if I have a big night, then my skin, that can definitely show in my skin. So some of the things that I do, aside from just being aware of those triggers, is I've kind of like had to switch up my approach to my routine. And I spoke about how actually a dermal therapist gave me the tip of basically before, after cleansing and doing any kind of exfoliating or if I want to do an active ingredient, even in the morning with vitamin C, I cleanse and then I grab a bit of like a La Roche Posay Sika Plus Balm or literally any kind of balm textured moisturizer, thick moisturizer. And I put a swipe over any areas that I'm a bit worried about. Then I go through and apply my actives. That just helps to add a little bit of a buffer. I've probably moved away from like a glycolic acid or salicylic Acid because it's just that bit too spicy for my skin. And if I want to exfoliate, I'll do more of a like an Aesthetics RX fruit enzyme mask or even the Dermologica Daily Microfoliant, which is kind of that light oat powder that you mix with water and you lather it up, and it's just more of a gentle exfoliant. Things like the Osmosis Skincare Rescue Epidermal Repair Serum. That serum has a very potent scent. Some people call it Dead Body in a Pool. But it is such a great rescue product. I use that when my skin is just not having a good time. Alpha H Vitamin E Serum is another good one. If in doubt, I pull right back and just go back to cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen. I like the CeraVe cleansers. I love, 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 love the Avene Tolerance Control Soothing Skin Recovery Cream. That is just something about that moisturiser. Oh, it's so good. It's completely fragrance-free, comes in like an airtight pump. So that is one good thing about it because you know when it's running out because all the air gets sucked out of it as you're pumping it. And then my ultraviolet sunscreen. Again, your experience with your skin barrier might be different to me, but look, that's really great that your friend can do that. But, you know, there's lots of things that those of us with more sensitised faces there's lots of things to love about us too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Skincare School. You'll find everything we spoke about referenced in the show notes. Got more skincare questions? Well, did you know that there's a whole team of experts and product specialists waiting to answer them on our Adore Beauty live chat? You can jump onto the adorebeauty.com.au website and chat to our team of real people in real time. And while you're there, tell us what you think, leave a review and a rating, and don't forget to tell everyone in your life about Skincare School.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe in your podcast app and you'll get a notification the second that our next episode drops.